Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marketing Automation Discussion. I'm your host, Benjamin Bowman. Today we're talking through how to build your first ABM tech stack for both startups and established corporates. Our guest is Shaheen Hoda. He's the founder and director at Xgrowth, an ABM-focused agency helping clients build predictable, high-quality pipelines through ABM. Together, we work through which application to use, what you need them for, and what options are available for your company based on your size and stage. I hope you love this episode, and let's get started. 90% Conversational marketing. Marketing. Yeah. marketing automation discussion. Shaheen, thanks for chatting with us today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for uh, having me, Benjamin. So I wanted to talk a bit more about the ABM tech stack, given your experience with your agency, X-Growth and Growth Colony. But before we do, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and journey to where you are now? Sure thing. My background is technical. Uh, so uh, I'm, a, I'm an electrical engineer by trade and uh, have gone through uh, multiple different revitalization stages until I got into marketing. So I was in uh, development of like technology stack for construction companies. Then I got into software development and into analytics and analytics into marketing and uh, marketing specialized in B2B. That's the, uh, that's the short version of it. And uh, just to get us started, as we were talking about before the recording, ABM hasn't really uh, caught on a become as popular as some of the other approaches like inbound. So for people who haven't really worked as much with it yet, why ABM for B2B? Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. ABM is probably in terms of being in the, uh, in, in the big picture is probably five or six years old. The terminology itself is about 15 years old. So ABM is account-based marketing is uh, is basically taking a different look at, at B2B. Over time, inbound, especially in high-ticket item sales and, and complex sales, inbound marketing has started to not give the results that uh, that people are looking for. And that's, that's where account-based marketing came in, where, you know, in inbound, you usually have the strategy where you're marketing to a big audience you are you're basically casting a net you're putting your content out there and, and you're and you're hoping that the right people will find it and, and therefore contact you where with abm you have a set list you have let's say a list of 50 accounts and 50 companies and you create a marketing strategy around that and that's really the gist of abm and and what abm is so for people who have shiny object syndrome uh, they might want to jump on ABM straight away, but when would you say it's not the right choice? When is it, you know, not a good fit for an organization? ABM is not a good choice for an organization if the lifetime value of a customer is too low, right? So if the lifetime value of a customer is really under ten thousand dollars, you don't want to bother, right? It is because ABM is costly. ABM is all about personalization, and you might spend there are instances that a company might spend $50,000 on an account and that, you know, that translates into a multi-million dollar deal. But, um, but, but the reality of it is if you're selling small ticket items, ABM would not be a, uh, a good strategy. 
Right. Is there any room for a bit of a hybrid approach where you would use a bit more of a traditional inbound method or a, a wide net approach together with ABM? Would any situation sort of work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are so many companies that have multiple go-to-market strategies, right, where they have their tr traditional demand gen strategies in place, and then they have ABM. And also, you know, you got you to gotta keep in mind that because ABM is, is a little bit younger uh, compared to some of the other marketing practices, there are companies that are practicing demand gen and inbound marketing, right? So you can't just all of a sudden shut that, that, the whole, that whole system down and, and, and say, you know, we're going to restart with, uh, with account-based marketing. So in a lot of situations, you see that companies have, uh, have two go-to-market strategies for, uh, for one product. One component is, is focused on, on inbound and one is focused on ABM. So definitely it's possible. So imagine we've decided to change or update uh, the organization's tech stack to support ABM. Where do we start? I think with regards to ABM tech stack, there's probably four steps to it, right? Um, the very first step is, is you want to automate your sales, right? You want to automate the way sales reaches out to the accounts that you're targeting. Uh, that's usually in the industry known as sales engagement platforms combining that with another tool, another another category of tools called sales prospecting tools. And that's the first step, right? Where you are automating the, the way you're sending out your emails, you're automating your, your outreach. These are, you know, tools in, in this space when you're looking at, if you're a smaller organization, you're, you're probably looking at outreach um, as a sales engagement uh, platform, with, which again, allows you to automate those emails that you're sending, uh, sending out, combined with a, another tool, which, uh, which is like a sales prospecting tool like Lucia, where you can extract information and data about the prospects that you're sending out. So their email addresses, sometimes their phone numbers, whatever it is, right? So that's the, that's the first step. The second step is, okay, so we, we've, we've created a system and a process and we've implemented a tool for sales to reach out to, uh, to these accounts that we're targeting. The second step is, all right, now we want to know a little bit more about these accounts. So we want to we wanna generate a little bit more insight. Are they coming to our website? Uh, what are they searching for on the web? So that's the second step where you are using intent data and usually this intent data is IP based. So you're using intent data to, um, to better understand your, your client. So to maybe I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. Um, there are tools like um, lead feeder, right? So lead feeder, what it allows us, allows us to do is you install, you install the pixel on your website and it identifies the companies that are looking at your website and the pages that they're looking at based on their IP address. So if you're targeting certain companies, um, lead feeder allows you to identify whether those companies are interacting with you, with, with you as well. Are they coming to your website? Are, you, are they looking you up? Um, so on and so forth. The other component that, um, and by the way, that is usually known as first, first party 
data. So that's the party, that's the data that you own. The next component is third-party data. So using tools like Bombora to, um, to identify what are these companies that we're targeting looking on the web? What are they searching on? Are they concerned about what we the problems we're trying to solve? So that's kind of the, the summary of the second step, where again, you're, you're generating more insights about your accounts. The third steps is the third step in terms of your engagement with um, with your accounts that you're targeting is now we want to we want to engage with these accounts. So this comes in the form of running IP targeted ads. So again, you know the IP of the uh, of the companies that you're you're tar- you're going after. There are tools that can help you show them ads based on their IP IP address. You know a a tool that is probably it's it's pretty efficient for smaller organizations that would be something like um, uh, like listen loop or you want to start doing personalization on your website so what that means is you know who is looking at your website the next step is all right do we want to introduce an element of personalization it's a it's a fine line you can get creepy in that uh in, in, in that regards, but uh, you know, if you if you have their their company logo and company name and everything on the website, all of a sudden it comes off a little bit too uh, too heavy. But um, but you can definitely introduce certain per- certain amount of personalization, um, such as you know if they've if they've looked at your website multiple times, then you can you can optimize them in the third or the fourth time your case studies are a lot more visible because they're obviously the intent from their side is a lot more. Um, your pricing page is, is, is more visible. So those are the other components that you could personalize for, uh, for those accounts. So that's really the third step where you start to engage with the accounts that, uh, that are coming to your website. The fourth step, and, and this goes hand in hand with the maturity of ABM, is when somebody starts to look at some of the, the jaggernauts of, of ABM, some of the big tools that kind of encompass all the all the things that we talked about. So these would be like Terminus or Demandbase or Engageo, who um, who kind of put everything together, and the 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 price tag also shows it. Um, so they're not a great solution or a good or even a good solution for 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 early stage startups who are short on cash. If you've raised capital, that's a different story. But um, but that's a four step where, where you bring one of these massive tools, the kind of like the sales force of, of the ABM world and, and you implement it in the organization. So you talk about the four steps here. Would you be able to give an example of say, what would a, what would a stack look like for a, a smaller organization, maybe a... Um, a newer startup to more of an established corporate trying to change to or implement more of ABM? A startup would probably go, so in that, for the sales uh, tech stack, right? Startup would probably look into something like outreach uh, for their sales engagement platform. Um, there, there are a few other ones, but outreach is really by far the best one out there. Then for sales prospecting, you'd probably look at Lucia or Lead IQ. Then 
reverse IP lookup, uh, lead feeder is a really good platform that, uh, that gives you a lot of information. Third party intent data, you know, that's an expensive one, um, for, uh, for companies. So, uh, you know, if somebody has the budget, then you probably looking at Bombora is, uh, is probably the best one in, in the market. And as you, you know, as you progress in terms of IP targeted ads, you, you probably want to look into listen loop. That's the, um, that's a tool stack that's really good for, for startups. And, uh, and it would kind of stop there for startups, right? I wouldn't go any further than that, um, for a small organization, but with a big organization, it really depends. It depends in the, in the, in the technology stack that they're already using. If they are a, um, a big investor, they, they've, they've invested a lot of money in Salesforce, for example, you probably want to look into tools that integrate with that. So instead of outreach, you're going to go with SalesLoft, which is designed for Salesforce. So um, big organizations, it really depends on their technology stack. But in a lot of situations, you see that they straight go for the big players in the market. Uh, we're talking Terminus and demand base. Because these platforms kind of give it to you all in one. They're very expensive, extremely expensive, tens of thousands of dollars a year. But, uh, but it, it puts everything in one place. And, and in, in a lot of situations, they have integrations from some of these tools that I've, I've mentioned. They don't, you know, you won't, you won't see it, but, um, but they're definitely there. They won't, they won't openly talk about it. But yeah, for a big organization, it really depends. Coming back to the four steps, some people listening may not actually understand what a lot of these tools do. So I've worked with some organizations where they're looking at ABM and they, they've never even heard of a, you know, a, an automated outreach tool or don't understand how it works. How would you describe each of these, these steps and what their major function is? So the first step is you need to enable your sales team and automate that process so that they can reach out to the accounts that they want to reach out, right? This could be through email, this could be through any channel that, that uh, they're going to uh, utilize, right? So that's the first step, auto automating your uh, sales outreach process to some degree. The second step is identification and generating insights on the accounts that you're going after. That's where I, what I talked about reverse IP lookup, where you see the IP addresses of the companies that are visiting, use third-party data uh, in order to see what these accounts that you're going after searching on the web. So the second step is understanding and generating more insight about the accounts that you're going after. The third step is being a little bit more proactive. The third step is, all right, now I want to show ads to these organizations. This is where marketing really comes in the marketing department takes takes a big role um so they they start showing ads to the uh, to the organizations that uh, sales is targeting they create personalization on the website based on so we know now who are the companies that are visiting our website in the third step you say all right can we create a more personalized environment on our website right so the step third step is per personalization for the companies that you're going after their third step is really maturity, really. It's it's the step that the big tools come in, right? And you 
you have a look at your tool stack and you're like, all right, look, I've, I've, we pretty much have exhausted what these, these other tools are capable of doing. Now we want to move to one of the more mature players. Yes, we're going to pay a lot more, but the efficiency that the, and, and time that we're going to save and the efficiency that it's going to bring to the table is worth it. So the fourth step is really looking at those big tools like demand base and terminus uh, and incorporating those in your organization. And, in, you know, at that stage, ABM is a pretty mature thing in the organization. What would you say are some of the, the pitfalls people get into when, when they're trying to build out their stack? I think the biggest challenge for people, look, we're all guilty of this, right? We like, we love a shiny tool. We love, we love tools in general as, <laughs> as marketers. And this is a big challenge for companies uh, who look at ABM as something that a tool will solve, right? So it's, it's just like a CRM. You, your sales is not going to improve or your customer experience is not going to improve by, by you just putting a CRM in place, right? That's never going to happen. And it's the same thing with ABM. If the company doesn't have the maturity, doesn't have that account-based lens of looking at things, because you see in account-based marketing, things are going to be slower. You're going to be generating less opportunity, less number of opportunities. There are going to be more qualified opportunities, but it's going to be a smaller number. It's also going to take, take a while for these opportunities to come about. So if the company doesn't have the maturity, if, if it hasn't gone through that change management, what tends to happen is they jump at implementation of tools too early. And the next thing that people say is, okay, six months down the line, it didn't, ABM doesn't work for us, right? Because ABM is associated with... On the reverse side... Do you see any good role models out there of, you know, for example, a fresh startup or a, a really established player implementing ABM in a really good way? And is there anything that we could learn from these people? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think there are a few. I think what you're going to see, some of the best practices that you, you, you see right now in the market come from organizations who preach about ABM, right? So you would see, for example, um, Engageo is a good example. Topo is a... Um, they're not a tool platform, but they are a they're a consultancy for uh, for ABM. They're like a Gartner for ABM. Outreach again is a great example. You know, Clutch Clutch.co, the directory is is a good example. The the first thing that I want to point out is it's really hard to see ABM from outside, right? There is it's like an iceberg. There is just so much that happens. And you only see the tip of the iceberg. But, you know, Clutch, for example, did a, these, these campaigns where they wanted to, they wanted agencies and service providers to advertise on Clutch. Uh, the, the value prop being, you know, you're going to get more clients, you're going to be easy, much, much easier to be found. So what they did as a result was they, they identified the agencies that they want to target and they sent them a very beautifully designed maze. We're talking like a big maze. We're talking, um, you know, like meter by meter, right? The, and, and it was thick, you know, it was, it was uh, in, in a glass box and you could see the maze. And the whole story was that they would put a mark and you said, and, and they would put the logo of the company at the beginning of the maze, right? And they would show that there are so many ways in the center of the maze was the customer. 
there was so many ways to get to your customers and it's extremely difficult for you to get to your customer for your customer to get to you and then there was one path that they highlighted with red that was the easiest way to the customer and the message was that clutch is the easiest way to the customer now really interesting way to imply that very engaging it looked really good you could hang that on your wall that's that's how good it looked but the whole point was they were trying to impress agencies and say hey why don't you engage with us and they followed that up with calls followed that up with emails in order to get uh, get agencies one of the you know one of the things that we did was we had a client and they were focusing on certain number of accounts and in those accounts they were targeting the CIO and the CEO right for the CIO there was an ebook bounded it very nicely related to an area that they were interested in and we thought that the CIO would would uh, would get value from right send the um send the ebook to them printed and you know, with that, there was a letter that said we also contacted the uh, the CEO. For the CEO, we sent a box of cupcakes, right? And the and the cupcakes on, <laughs> on top of the cupcakes, it said uh, Google your name. And on Google, we bought their name as a keyword, so there was a landing page waiting for them. So when they Googled their name, they would see our ad at the very top, and when they would click on it, there would be there would be a landing page with the company logo and our client's logo. And there was a video over there saying, you know, hey, Benjamin, thank you so much for uh, coming through. Hope you enjoyed the cupcakes and then going into the pitch. That's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't see all the preparation, the coordination that you needed to have in order for sales to send the right email, the, the automations for, for it to be in place that they don't go off at the right, wrong time. All of those components is so detrimental if you get it wrong and very hard to get right. It's an interesting point when you bring up these sort of clever ways of, of being really creative. Have you seen anyone leverage more of an automated approach to that creative point of their ABM campaigns? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the automation that you, you're, you're starting to see is, uh, is is especially around the direct mail component, right? Which is, you know, with COVID around the corner, well, not around the corner, with COVID over here, actually, um, it's uh, it's not as easy to implement anymore. Uh, but um, but one of the one of the industries that we saw coming out for ABM is automation in direct mail, right? And uh, and dimensional mailers as well. So so that you implement a integration with your CRM and you say, hey, you know, when a client closes with us and they, they, they become a client and that is marked in the CRM, I want to fire an event that uh, tells our direct mail automation system to send them a bottle of champagne without us bothering at all. Speaking of, of these developments, from your perspective, what do you see coming around the corner for ABM and automation in general? I think for ABM, what we're gonna what we're going to see is a lot of mergers. So we we've started to see it. You know, ABM again has been around for from a tech uh, and technology stack perspective for the past five or six years, and what we're gonna see is is a lot more mergers and acquisitions. And you're starting to see it, you know, you're starting to see Discover buying 
Zoom info, you start to see Hermanus uh, bought this uh, email signature platform. Their name escapes me. But it would be interesting to see what is going to happen with direct mail and, um, and IP targeting and IP-based information, considering more and more people are going to be working from home. That, you know, that is addressed to some degree by the fact that especially big organizations um, have like a VPN system and they're going to be logging in through the, through the company portals. But um, it would, I don't think anyone has an answer to that yet, but it will be interesting to see how that industry is going to evolve. And just before we wrap up, uh, for people listening, how should they reach out and connect with you? You can find me on, on, on LinkedIn. Uh, so uh, you put Shaheen Hoda. There's, uh, I haven't come across someone else who's called Shaheen Hoda. So, uh, so that's really easy to, uh, to find me there on LinkedIn. Also, um, if anyone has any more questions or, or want to connect, they can find me at Shaheen at uh, xgrowth.com.au. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing this information with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.